0: You need to be in New York, L.A., or Nashville to have a successful audio career, right? Well, no. Well, you need a big studio like this one to be any good, right? No. Well, then you must be the best at what you do in your area to have any sort of clients, right? Well, no. Again, just no. All right, we're going to debunk all that. I've got Jeremy Mang from the Recording Studio Loser coming right up. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Adam Claremont Show. I'm Adam Claremont, and this is where we talk about how to build and grow a career in audio with actionable advice from people like me and me. (laughs) So before we dive into all that, I want to offer you a free gift. If you've ever looked at other projects and thought, man, I can't get a project like that, or how does that person get these kinds of clients trying to up your game? But maybe you don't know the first steps to take to try and get to the next level and get those clients? Well, adamclaremont.com slash client list. Go there, grab my free PDF guide. It's a really simple step-by-step process that you can put into place today that will help you get those clients and just put that best foot forward. All right, so adamclaremont.com slash client list will go directly to your inbox. So enough of that. Let's get to the fun stuff. Our guest today is uh, Jeremy Mang. So Jeremy, I found on YouTube, probably a few months back, I want to say. He's got this channel called The Recording Studio Loser. And if you haven't checked it out, you really, really must. I'm going to fanboy all over this guy today. But Jeremy has this really unique perspective, uh, something that maybe it, it isn't really prevalent on YouTube, in the audio space anyway. Um, but it's it's really, it's genuine, it's, uh, it's identifiable, but it's actionable for people who are just trying to get going and audio and and just do what we do so long a long way to go to say jeremy's our people and here he is today jeremy welcome jeremy how are you buddy good man how are you doing good thank you so much for taking the time and just just doing everything that you're doing on that channel man
1: oh not a problem it's an honor good to meet you too man
0: (laughs) cool so you know before we dive into all the stuff uh that we're gonna dive into you know, for everybody who doesn't quite know your background, can you just kind of give us, like, get us up to speed, you know, where you started and where you're at today, if you wouldn't mind. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Um, started, I was a musician in high school, playing music, all that stuff, so recording was always an interest. Um, went to college, I did music business, though I didn't, I was more interested in the business side. Um, I was also vocal performance, so... I went down that road. I was like an operatic tenor for a while. That's how I met my wife. Um, but yeah. that was 2008, 2009, which if anybody lived through that and was trying to find a job in that time, you knew it was rough. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah the, the big real estate bubble. And yeah, everything yeah, was rock bottom.
1: Everything. And my, my way of kind of deferring and buying time was continuing my education. Because, I mean, for insurance purposes and you know all that stuff like i could stay on my parents stuff if i continued and i had the opportunity with a scholarship and kept going down that road so i went on to get an mba um Mm. i was really interested in human resources and doing that like i was a big nerd with that stuff um i was always still interested in music but it wasn't really the focus to to do that uh it kind of
0: be- Spreadsheets—is that what you're saying? <laughs> HR, like, yeah. I, are you somebody who likes like, spreadsheets like, and and plans all that and like like, organizes? The, the human aspect of it um,
1: is what I really got into, like just getting to deal with people, and that's what I like. Which is weird because mm-hmm. I'm at the heart of it. I'm, I'm a total introvert, um, but during that time, like there, there, it was even after that, and trying to defer that time, there there was no job to be had. Um, thousands of applications and zero callbacks and it was just recording with with the gear that i had as a hobby um to try to pay rent and keep my roof over my head
0: <laughs> mm. um and that's kind of where I got my start in this that's wild so uh i don't hear that story often so not necessarily the dream no,
1: I mean, it, it was, and I do feel bad saying that sometimes. Like, I love what I do. I'm honored to do it. I'm blessed to do it. I love this job. I would rather do nothing else, really. But it yeah. wasn't the first thing I set out to do. You know, it wasn't, like, from a young age, I want to be a studio owner. I want to be a producer. I loved music. I always thought that was going to be part of my life. But this particular position wasn't, like, the end goal. Mm. Um, I'm stoked that it worked out like that. I couldn't be happier but but yeah it was it was just kind of rolling with the punches and pivoting and and that got me to where I am so
0: so I'm curious then um I wonder you know, I, don't, I don't know i I'm, I'm speculating i know for, for myself, like you know when I was young, I always wanted to do this like I was one of those people I remember twelve I think I was like around twelve years old, and I read in a book like the term audio engineer and was like, oh, it's a thing. And like that, that, that was like the clarity for me. It was like the angel singing. It was like, well, that's what a, if I can do that, if that's real, then I'm going to do that. <laughs> but, um, but I never had uh, like support around me to do it. Like my parents were really not having it. Um, and, and I grew up in a really small town and no one even had a clue what I was even talking about. So you know in other places maybe you have like an uncle or a friend who knows a friend who runs a studio or once had a band that was in a studio maybe like that's like your sort of degree of separation like i had zero degree <laughs> like there is nothing like no one in my life who knew any the closest thing people knew to i was talking about was like oh you, you mean a radio dj you want to be, an <laughs> radio. and in fact, in fact, even still today, my mother-in-law every now and then be like, "Oh, to, in an effort to get me to move back home with her, what, her daughter," <laughs> will be like, "Oh, the radio station's hiring a new DJ." Adam, she still doesn't get it. But like, <laughs> I, I was that like a similar story for you? Like, did you did you always like have an interest, but like never really thought that it was even possible? Or was it something like that? Maybe I was kind of a leap here.
1: I mean, I I always, like I said, I had recording gear. I had like an 11 rack before it was cool. Were they ever cool? I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, I was always (laughs) recording myself. And and like, I I played in bands and finding you know whether it's like your little four track tape recorder that i still have my task game somewhere around here but yeah. um just noodling on that stuff and recording was always an interest but it was it wasn't and i don't want it to seem like i oh i just don't want to do that studio stuff i didn't think i was good enough to do it you know like i realistically didn't think like I'm good enough to go into that field, so I'm gonna do something else. I like music, but that's for the professionals. Let's keep let's keep them there, and yeah. and part of that was probably where I was. Like I in college, I went to Anderson University, which is right next to Gaither Studios. You know, one one of the largest studios, um, at least around here. It's a huge studio. It's in like the Southern yeah. Gospel world, but still, I mean. To walk into that space and see, like, a studio, it's like, I'm not one of these guys, so I need to do something else. So, in that realm, I was like, it was never the plan because I didn't see it as a possibility. Not that I was on purpose trying to avoid it.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotcha. That's interesting. So, then, you know, like you mentioned before, um, you know, you, you paid your that, – that was how you paid your bills, <laughs> ironically. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when you had to, which is fantastic, you know, may- maybe a little bit of do or die situation there, who knows, but For so sure. I wonder, like, did you, did you start off with your own space, or did you, like, grow into the, the beautiful studio you're in right now?
1: Uh, I started off in a basement of a house I was renting, which, I don't think I was supposed to outfit and change the way I did, <laughs> but we, we, yeah, we definitely did. It was an interesting house where there, the garage was on the first floor and then um, the living space was on the second floor. So it was like two, one car garage sections. And I actually built a wall that separated them. Uh, probably, oh, wow. probably shouldn't have done it, but, Nobody told me no, and it it helped for sure. Like (laughs) it made it not feel like so much of a basement. I mean it was still embarrassing to bring paying clients down the steps and to pass my washing machine to record, you know? But um yeah, it, it it's you gotta start somewhere. And a lot of people, even when they walk in here, they're like, Oh, this is my first time in a real studio. And it's so weird to hear that, like as as an engineer in a space, like, well, this is just you know, one stepping stone, but uh, they're like, Oh, we went to some, some guy's studio in his basement. Like, that's where I got started. You know, (laughs)
0: don't knock that. (laughs) Well, we all, yeah. Well, who started in a place like yours? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's a long process that you don't like to talk about. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad you do talk about it. And I think, I mean, it's funny, like your answer there. I mean, it shows, you know, you're a humble guy and it's funny because you, I, I sort of see like this like awe for for the whole thing. It's funny that this wasn't it, it seems like this must have been a dream for you because the way you just spoke about, it, I mean, think about it. Like you've got this gorgeous studio, a successful studio, and even you now, when hearing someone compliment her and thinking like, Oh man, it's even mine. Like yeah, I, I that yeah. to me you sound like a kid almost, you know, and like I, I have those same kind of feelings sometimes when I come to work. It's like just love it and you just feel like it's cool, you know. Any compliment is like cool that's great and and that definitely
1: is true like when when i say it's not it wasn't the dream it's only because i didn't think it was a possibility you know that it was always an interest and everybody wants to especially when you're a musician and you're a kid in high school been playing music and touring with your friends it's like one day maybe but you just didn't think it was a possibility so when necessity came knocking at the door, you got to put your big boy pants on, I suppose.
0: <laughs> yeah. So tell us the story of when, you know, you, you broke out of the the basement and, and acquired this property.
1: Uh, it actually it was, a, a couple different things that kind of pushed me down that road. Cause I would have been happy just continuing to do what I was doing. Um, and continuing to write applications, trying to find other work. Um, but it was actually my dad who pushed me down that road, saying like basically it was time to shit or get off the pot. Like <laughs> he's like, look, yeah. you're 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 doing you're you're making this work. And even though this was like, this is what you're doing right now to to live to survive to keep the lights on. Like this is actually working. Do you want to continue to do this? Is this something that you could see yourself doing? And, was, and that's when I started to be like, yeah, I think that I think I could do this. Um, so there was a lot of support there. And then um, the lease was coming up on the house. Our renter had sold it. So we had to do something. Um, my my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, she got offered a job where the studio is. And then not soon after that, we found out that the building... Was available, so it was like she was getting Mm. offered a job in this location. I found a building in this location, and it just seemed like everything was lining up. And so, um, we we went for it, you know. And uh, even the process of building out the space, because when I got it, it had sat vacant for years. Um, Mm. And it was a lot of effort from family and friends, and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and. Uh, just changing the space from what used to be a, a pain care center when I got it. So like they would do minor surgeries and there were waiting rooms and all that fun stuff, and turning it oh, into the studio, you know. And it took a lot of effort. So for you're saying there
0: wasn't already an ISO booth and there wasn't already a control room.
1: <laughs> oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, that would have been great though.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's awesome, man. And and it, I mean, just from someone who's seen so many of your videos, the space is gorgeous <laughs> well,
1: so thank you. It, to hear
0: that you built that from the ground up i mean should take extra pride in that i mean it really looks fantastic
1: it was a lot of help so, from a lot of people who know a lot more yeah. than i do
0: <laughs> well i wonder if you have any advice here because i know there's a lot of people who you know, struggle with this and you know again shit or should shit, should shit or get off the pot but like it, if you know if you were put back in the situation again you know where you're you know, you're working for yourself, you're a freelance engineer, you're trying, you, your your goal is to get into a bigger space or grow your business in some capacity. What advice would you give to somebody in that situation again, or your old self? You know, is it something where, you know, do you have to have a commercial space, a bigger space? Like, what do you think are the signs that say either do this or stick with what's working for you?
1: I, I think... I mean there there definitely is that pull to have a commercial space to have your own building um, and I could definitely see the appeal but there's a lot to think about with that and, and when I do like consults with people and they're asking me about that like hey I'm looking at this space what do you think how can I build it out and the first thing is can you continue to do what you're doing in the space you're doing it is there some restriction that's keeping you from growing and if it is like, yeah, I'm working out of my bedroom and I have bands who are wanting to record and I have a following, then yeah, maybe it's time for you to jump into a space like that. Um, if the answer is no, and you can continue to do what you're doing, keep your overhead low, you man, like, cause there's a mm-hmm. lot that comes with owning a space. Um, and I love it. It's right for me, but I don't think it's right for everybody. Um, especially if you're tracking like one thing at a time that can happen in one room at a time. There's no reason to pay the overhead for an entire building and heat that building and pay property taxes on that building and have the increased insurance that comes along with that. Um, Like there's just a lot of other factors that come into an actual built for purpose building, as opposed to like redoing your home, which if I'm being totally honest, it's, my the ultimate dream is not to be here it's you know i own the building so it's to eventually you know we can we can rent the building out so i can go back home and work <laughs> if that makes any sense you know because, <laughs> full
0: circle yeah uh, back in the one stall garage no i'm <laughs> i'm thinking you probably have bigger aspirations at home but
1: yeah no but i mean
0: <laughs> just doing
1: like falling back and just being able to do mixes and masters at home where I'm close to my family and close to my kids, you know, I'm not that far from home. I'm a mile away, but, but still, you know, there's, that's just, that's part of it. It's, it's almost like its own investment as a apart from the studio itself, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it's, I mean, it's good advice. I mean, in my opinion, uh, I mean, who am I, but uh, you know, I, I think you really do have to make that re- reflection. I mean, it's a very sexy thing to own your own studio, right? I mean, yeah, sexy. And <laughs> a huge, yeah, you know, but man, I mean, you, you just gave a long list of things that go with it, and they're all negatives on the bottom line. <laughs> and that's not even the full list, you know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, you've got to make that nut every single month before you get paid. Exactly. So...
1: Yeah. And all that property taxes don't wait, you know, rent doesn't wait. The mortgage doesn't wait. The electric bill doesn't wait. And if you can't turn on your electric bill, you can't record bands. And that, that is a lot of negatives, but it's not to deter from the fact like it is awesome. And if it works for you, that's the right answer. I don't want to like shine gloom and doom on the whole thing, but that is something that a lot of people don't really think about.
0: Yeah. Well, then let's let's spitball then. All right. So we talked about the negatives. If you're thinking about it, maybe, maybe, let's let's look at some of the positives and some of the the potential positives of moving out of the basement or whatever it is the bedroom and owning a, a, a larger space. So off the top of my head, let me start. You know, maybe you could expand some services. Maybe you're not tracking like you said. Maybe you can get a tracking space. And mm-hmm. maybe that is just. Maybe that is just like an ISO booth size space, maybe like a 10 by 10 room or something where you can fit one or two people. And maybe that's enough for what you do. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you've got, you know, an opportunity to get um, a multi-room space and share that with somebody else who's in your position and now you're partnering, you know, and now your shared resources, shared overhead Mm -hmm. maybe less risk that way. You know, so there's a lot of ways to do it. What do you think? Like what, like what, what are you doing now that maybe you weren't doing before, if anything? Um,
1: what I guess what I'm what I have access to having a building that I didn't before was I, I no longer have to rent other spaces to do that work. I don't think go. I don't think that in and of itself is a good reason to have a studio. Um, again, like the stars have to line up and the investment has to be right for everything to work i know a lot of engineers and producers who work here like out of here who rent the space for their own work and that's what they do you know they mix at home they master at home they do pre-pro at home but they come here to do the bulk of tracking um Mm. and around here that made sense there wasn't really uh like a mid-level studio to go do stuff like that there was Really, really awesome studios to go to, and like kind of the bedroom studios, but there wasn't in the realm of mid-level studios, and that was kind of a niche, at least in my location, that I was able to fill. So it worked, you know. Mm.
0: All right, so you brought it up. I mean, that's that's good. You got to do your market research, I suppose, right? Like, yeah, you know, what what is your competition? What's available? You know, can you fill a need? Where, yeah. you know, you're not necessarily fighting for every last thing because you're sort of filling the, the gap, which sounds like you did that perfectly, really.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there there definitely are those situations where you come up head to head with somebody. But I mean, for the most part, what we do is not not inherently competitive. Like everybody has their own talents and it's rare yeah. that you come across against somebody who wants every one of your clients. Like there's other people here in town now, which is awesome. Like the the scene is building up, but I'm not worried about what this dude over here is doing or this girl over here is doing because we don't share the same clients and I don't have the same talents that they do. So realistically, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take one of their clients and they're not going to take one of mine, you know, but the music scene as a whole is getting stronger. And that's, that's always a benefit for everybody involved.
0: I'm really glad to hear you say that, man. Like I feel (laughs) the same way, you know, high tides lift all boats. I would much rather live in an area where people, I call my people, you know, our people are thriving. I don't want to see my people, you know, struggling. (laughs) Yeah. Like I would much rather be around people who are having success. That probably means that more people um, are going to be involved in the area who seek out your services because now you're... There's a reputation in the area of being able to do good work, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's also more people to draw on for advice and to learn from and to support each other. It's a community now rather than just like you with a big target on your back and everyone's just saying, yeah, you you know, have it all. (laughs) Yeah, that's but it's true. I mean, I I honestly believe and it sounds like you do, too. And this blows people's minds, I feel like sometimes. But, you know, like you're not in a huge city. I'm not in a huge city. I'm in Albany, New York. You're in Kokomo, you know, small populations, but I truly believe there's enough work for everybody. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it, it just, it doesn't mean that it's not there. Yeah. It just, you haven't found it yet or you're not ready for it or you're not doing all the things that need to be done just yet. Doesn't mean you can't get to that point, but I think it, it's it's there, man. Like there's so much opportunity. Oh yeah. And to, to be of that mindset where, you know, you're headhunting or whatever it is or going after somebody else's client or what. It doesn't hey, it doesn't work that way usually.
1: <laughs> no, and you may get one or two, but it, it's hard to sustain on that. Like no, the yeah, reputation that's... you build with the artist that you get in 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 a strategy like that isn't a really a positive one.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you can't build a career off of other people's clients. You yeah. can't own a studio like yours and stay <laughs> afloat just basically by looking at what other people are doing and going plunk, plunk, plunk. It's yeah. never going to happen. Right. So you have to have the attitude of, you know, I'm just going to do what I do as best as I can. And I'm going to support everybody else. And yeah, but but I mean, that sort of leads me to something else I wanted to talk to you about. Because like, again, we're in the same boat. You know, you're know, We're both in m- mid to small-ish markets. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of people who might think, especially people starting out, um who think they got to go to New York, LA, Nashville, Atlanta maybe, Miami or nothing. Yeah. Like it like they like, yep. like it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um what do you say
1: to that? <laughs> I mean, it, it comes up a lot and there's definitely still people who will come here to talk uh, about doing a project and even in the midst of getting to know them and what their goals are like it comes out of their mouth like well hopefully one day we'll get to record in Nashville like you could go do that today just go yeah, right,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <That's
1: true. laughs> like, it's only it's only a few <laughs> hours drive from here go ahead it's not like there's uh, yeah
0: good, good point yeah it's not like it's Patriot. hard to
1: get into um and <laughs> but i i love where i'm at because my cost of living is absurdly low and my overhead for this building is absurdly low so that that allows me to work with other bands that don't have crazy high budgets they're not nervous about the clock we can spend more time making good tunes you know the it's a lot more laid back i think and i have nothing against those cities absolutely not great records are made in those cities bad records are made in those cities just like anywhere else it's just it's anywhere you get a higher concentration of people it's it's going to be more expensive overall and it's going to be more competitive I would imagine I'm not there I don't really know Um, but I can speculate and I don't know I really I like being in a small town you know Um, I can I can drive to Indianapolis if I want to and get that kind of big city feel if I want but I don't feel constrained, like all, all all those pieces together. I don't feel constrained geographically to my location.
0: All right, yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally I totally get it. So, but but staying on that topic of mid market studios, you know, or even not a studio, you know, you know, a, 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 an audio professional working in a smaller market, you know, where there's maybe not major record label work um, or. Um, there's not a lot of film happening or video games or all the things that we tend to do. Um, I mean, for me, it's worked out. <laughs> I'm still working in all of those things, even though those companies aren't nearby. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know, it sounds like you do primarily music, but again, like, do you have any advice on how to get that work without having seemingly, you know, droves and droves of opportunity.
1: I I feel like it's it's different for everybody and I could just speak to what works for me. Um, and I am primarily music. I mean, that to say I have, I have done some stuff now that I think about it with like voiceovers for TV shows and, and like being the intermediary for like long distance phone calls for like, documentary stuff like that um so i've gotten to work with a lot of cool companies in that aspect but the vast majority of it is music mm. in some form
0: so then oh, so then in the music space you know uh, i'm guessing you're probably not somebody who does a ton of advertising because no. i don't know many uh, that doesn't seem to be a thing that studios do <laughs> you know yeah. outside of like tape op maybe i don't even know if they that's even a thing anymore people advertising studios and tape op anymore but like Oh, yeah, that's
1: a dope magazine.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, the magazine's still there, but I'm saying, you know, like, where, where would a studio advertise oh, yeah, 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 it? Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. I mean, really, <laughs> and the bulk of it is kind of like, it's kind of really like word of mouth or maybe even just a little bit of social media. I mean, what do you see? Yeah. I mean, how are you getting the work in for mid market to stay busy?
1: When I first opened, I tried to do mailers because um, my dad owned his own business. It was a pizza place, the pizza was great. <laughs> he would always have really good success with mailers, like mailing a, a coupon book or whatever uh, to people around. So I tried that, and I didn't get a single word back. Really? So,
0: and I can't imagine. I, not I a, mean, every Friday, everybody's got their pizza night. That People aren't making their record night Fridays and giving you a call. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it makes sense now, but...
1: I mean, even going back and thinking about, it, I had a friend who was in billboards, and so we were looking into that, and that didn't work. Yeah. And I quickly realized, like, look, advertising just does not work. It's way too niche of a market that I'm trying to get to. Um, so, and the one thing I control, I can control, is just making everyone as happy as possible, making the experience of recording the best I can possibly make it given my resources. And in that way, I'm going to turn these people into advertisers for me, you know, and doing it in a, in a genuine way, hopefully, because people know when they're being patronized, you know, or they know when right. you're just putting on the act to get them to do something for you. And it, it can't be that. So you genuinely have to have an interest in your clients. And then so you have to pick the clients that you think you're going to work best with. And then all those things kind of work together to get you like an army of people who are dedicated to your service and will tell people when they're looking for that service, you know, kind of turning your clients into your marketing division, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And that's, that's, that's cool to hear you say, because I think you mentioned earlier how, you know, you're interested in HR for the people side of things. And I think you alluded but like now, yeah. I mean, this is such a people and service based oriented business. It's so much about relationships and that interpersonal connection, you know. Um, Absolutely, I think that's where some of some of our people, our audio people, um, sometimes have trouble. You know, like I know a lot of talented engineers. Who sometimes aren't the most pleasant people to be around. You know, they're going to give you the greatest thing, but to be with them in a room, like, you know, they're maybe more introverted or just not maybe rude. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a thing. You know, some, we, mm-hmm. you know, we know the stereotype of like the disgruntled sound dude at the club. You know, <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. You know, so, but it doesn't, um, I think those are the people to their disadvantage who have a hard time getting that repeat client, not because their work isn't great. But I kind of personally believe that if your work isn't the best, I'm not saying you shouldn't be good at what you do. (laughs) Don't misunderstand. But if your work has a shortcoming, I think you can really make up for a lot of those shortcomings or whatever shortcomings you have. Maybe you don't have the space with the freaking light bulb wall that you've got behind you that makes everyone goo-goo and gaga and want to come back. Maybe (laughs) you were still in the basement, um, but showing everybody the best time and still doing a decent job. I think if you just showed the people a good time and have, like, a genuine connection, those people are more likely to come back than going to the person who maybe is a little bit better, but they really just can't stand communicating with or is bad at communicating. Do you have that experience? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, yes, you... I've had people start with me and I, I mean, I'm not the greatest engineer that I know, you know, <laughs> not by a long man. shot, yeah. but <laughs> there's, I, I've had bands work with me and go on to record with way better engineers and get great records. And you're stoked on that because their success even trickles down to like their past work. And that helps you get further anyway. You know, Agreed. like your even past client success helps you, but some of those clients have come back. And I'm like, wait a second. I can't do what they did. Like <laughs> but it does seem like there's there is a balance there. Like you can have a fantastic record, but maybe the producer was a little heavy-handed or you kind of got bulldozed on some of those ideas and music being such like a, an emotional eliciting thing. Mhm. Especially with an artist, or an independent artist, or even a signed artist who has creative control. um, Like, they can, if they feel like something was given up in that relationship, they're willing to take a hit as long as their message comes through. And that's kind of been eye-opening for me. Like, you know, I'm not being, I'm not able to do what some of these other places can do, but... I don't know. They they still come back because it's a good hang, and I, I'm sure that's the case with other engineers out there. You know, yeah. and it doesn't work with everybody. There's people you're not going to get along with, and you have to know when to say no. And I've done that with a few people, um, and it's really it's it's better for the relationship in the long run if you don't. And it it can I guess it can depend how hungry you are at the time, and how much you need a job and how much you need the money, but. Um, being able to say like, you know, no, I know my talents. I know what I'm good at. You want to do it this way. I'm probably not the best person for you to work with. And the cases where I have said that to some people, the, one one individual in particular I'm thinking of has come back and made multiple records and is a fantastic client. And we work great together now. Um, but I set that precedent early because I, I knew what my strengths were and what he wanted to do wasn't really lining up with that. So, once he kind of reevaluated and wanted to do it then we figured out we were a really good fit mm. but if i had tried to do a record that i knew i wasn't going to do great at that i he probably wouldn't be around recording with me now you know so it's it's kind of an interesting both sides of the coin type thing
0: yeah yeah i mean i i don't you know you mentioned you, you geek out on the the hr thing i i geek out on this this sort of concept stuff too i mean you know, it's not always who gets the loudest kick drum. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's there's so many there's so many things that are behind the gear. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I consider myself very lucky. There's gear all around me that people get very wide-eyed about. I'm sure you get the same response in your space. But I don't know that that's always what keeps them from coming back. And I don't know that it's like you. I don't consider myself the best one in the area, best engineer in the area. <laughs> I don't always think it's the work, you know, and this is a horrible endorsement for anybody wanting to work with me, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, my schedule is pretty damn full. You know, if I look back in the calendar, I've been doing this for 15 years. I'm very fortunate that it just, and I honestly attribute it to just, I don't know, I'm not a dick. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and there's there's so. a lot to be said about that <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't mind texting my you know my clients on their birthdays and you know commenting on their stuff on social and just saying hey you know how, how's the family doing did that thing work out or i know somebody you know your daughter was sick she, just little things like that being a human yeah like, it was such a long way and then when you get those repeat customers like you're talking about earlier all of a sudden you know they like you and they're proud of the work it makes it for a if you're just fun i mean a the day, the day goes by a lot quicker because <laughs> you're actually genuinely having fun. And that's mm-hmm. infectious, so they're going to have more fun. If you're a jerk, it's also infectious. They're going to be down. Now your day is kind of like, you know, you're walking on eggshells all day long. Not very cool. But those people just want to tr- be, be, like you mentioned, your, that's your marketing agency right there. They're going to trumpet everything that you've done. And it really just comes from just treating them well. It's such a simple thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think, Absolutely. Yeah. There's enough tutorials out there about the loudest kick drum. I mean, you can, you can learn that pretty easily but <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> jeremy you know all, all those things you know that they, they just kind of reinforce kind of what i kind of thought about your personality this is the first time we've spoken um but you know i first quote unquote met you on youtube and some of the things you're saying you know it's just again just echoing you know what you're saying on youtube which just shows again that genuineness and that humbleness that's just part of you you know um, it's not an act on youtube but <laughs> Um, this is where I'm going to fanboy out. <laughs> you know uh, what I love about the channel, and I think you know people really need to go check out the recording studio loser. Is you know you you've created um, we haven't created anything; it's just you, but you've given a perspective that is really simple to you. But I think is kind of important for people to hear. And again, it's not um, a million videos about um, the loudest kick drum. Although everybody, we're always going to love them; those kinds of videos. But it's religious. offering. Uh, A little bit behind the scenes, uh, or behind the uh, behind the headphones, whatever you want to call it, Uh, you know, it's that (laughs) stuff between the lines we just mentioned. You know that you know goes along with what we do, but it's not always like apparent or very, you know, it's not the outward stuff. It's not about the kick drum or all the gear. It's about you know just the fact of the name your channel recording studio loser. You know, Uh, in your trail you explain that that name came from the idea that you've had a lot of failures. But the idea that, you know, you're going to fail when you try and you're trying and you're learning, you know, you're not going to get ahead mm-hmm. if you don't take that first step. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, you're not trying to put anybody down to this loser tag. You're just saying like, hey, I've, yeah. I've been through all that from basement to studio owner to failed projects to successful projects. And, you know, you're not trying to pose as an authority You're very humble, as everyone can see. And it's just simply just saying, hey, you know, I'm kind of, I've been there. I think I know what you're going through. And here's what I'm, what's working for me. And I think it's just really effective. A, the the videos are stunning. You know, you're doing a fantastic video work, which, you know, I always joke. It's funny. Actually, I think someone told me, like, you know, I never thought I'd be a video editor, but here I am. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but uh i mean you've got an awesome looking studio that light wall is fantastic on their videos it just looks like a million bucks and the message (laughs) all the meat and potatoes is just really strong so um that's a long way to say thanks (laughs) huge fan of what you're doing i fully support it everyone really needs to check out recording studio loser but i mean what uh i don't know if there's an answer here but is there something really made you start that or where you see it going i don't i have I starting it, I guess I always,
1: I think, I think my ultimate dream job is to be like a professor somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cause I, in college I can think of one, per, one particular professor who was just awesome. And I don't think I appreciated him while I was learning from him, but just mm. a vast amount of knowledge, just a cool guy who knew his stuff and just wanted to, just wanted to talk with everybody. Um, and I kinda I guess I latched on to that idea and that education and the sharing of knowledge it doesn't have to be this crazy formal thing. It doesn't have to be this rock star lifestyle all the time. Like mm-hmm. I I have a hard time relating to that on a personal level. And I think starting the YouTube channel I What an outlet for that kind of side of me. Cause I mean, we, we live in a hole, right? I mean, we don't really (laughs) talk to talk to anybody much. So that was kind of a a little outlet there just to have another creative side of my own. But, um, I quickly realized I'm not the guy to do tutorials. Like I have a few and I I like doing them every now and then, but I'm not, that's not going to be the sole purpose of my channel. Cause there's so many people out there doing such a good job. Um, and I realized I was – the conversations I was having like after sessions with players and other producers who were working here were like these kind of existential discussions that we would talk about for hours that you really – you don't see other people talk about a whole lot. It, but everybody experiences it, mm-hmm. I would imagine. I mean, we're dealing with humans in a very human Aspect of making music and ensuring sharing that side of it was something I didn't see a whole lot of, you know, um, and I thought that was that was something I could kind of toss my hat into and and talk about those things, those discussions that were profound to me, and and I people like it, I guess, <laughs> or at least a handful of people like yeah. it, and I'm I'm having a blast doing it, so. Yeah, I know, I mean, I if I'm being totally, I never thought it would be anywhere close to 9,000 subscribers, which is still, a, that's a baby YouTube channel. But I told, my wife mentioned, like, well, can you imagine walking into a room with 9,000 people ready to listen to you? It's like, I, I would pee my pants. Like, yeah. There's no way. You when know? <laughs> <That's laughs> I mean, you think about it like that, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. If that's what this <laughs> is, I'm done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny well yeah i mean it's yeah anyway i I could say it a million times um everyone recording studio loser um if you if you appreciate audio if you're interested in audio you, you gotta at least check out some of these videos i think you're gonna be hooked and i think it's really gonna add a lot of value to what you bring to what you do and and just make you think you know um Oh, you know, Jeremy, you know, you've been really generous with your time. I really appreciate it. I think we could probably wrap it up there. There's a lot of great stuff you offered. I really, really appreciate your perspective again. You know, um, it's nice to see, you know, another fellow uh, engineer having success in a smaller town, you know. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, talking about channels, for me, this is kind of what I ultimately want for my channels, to show as many people as I can. You don't need to be in New York or California or you don't, all those things yes. you think you need for success, it's really not a need. There's so many opportunities. You know, we talked about just having, you know, not living in that scarcity mindset where, you know, you, you there's not enough work or there's not enough clients or you got to take from somebody else. Um, you know, I'm just, thank you for showing a, a, another great example of just doing things well, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. congratulations. I'm sure there's, a long road ahead of you, um, new, new studio renovations, oh, yeah. everything, people can check out his channel to, to learn more about that and other cool things. But that's again, once again, uh, Recording Studio Losers, the YouTube channel. Uh, if you wanna check out Jeremy at his studios uh, website page, that's whisper-studios.com. Uh, and I'm sure that he can answer any of your questions if you reach out to him there. Um, but that's it, that's all we got for you today. Um, once again, adamclaremont.com slash client list. If you wanna get that free guide, Take a look at how to, you know, take a step-by-step approach on how to elevate the clients and the projects that you're working on. Something you can put into action today, totally free. Um, but until next time, find another great interview or another talk. Thanks again for watching, Madam Claremont. See you later. Bye.